Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. I'm your host, Kevin Taylor, coming to you from my hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm thankful to be able to give you another edition of this wonderful program. Of course, on this show, we are going to talk about what's happening in sports from Atlanta and around the country. So just get ready, sit back, and if you're in front of your computer screen, maybe take a sip of Coke or tea or whatever it may be and get ready because we're going to get you caught up on what's coming up, especially this week in Atlanta sports and, like I said, throughout the country as well. Of course, if you want to reach out to me, you can on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at KevinTaylor98. Again, that's Kevin Taylor. 98, so make sure that you reach out to me, all right? And, of course, i got to start the show with saying happy birthday to a special young lady. It's Kendra Austin. Happy birthday, Kendra, and may God bless you with many more. And also to another young lady who I've known for so many years and uh, been so helpful in my professional career, Vicki Samuels. Vicki, happy birthday to you as well, and uh, I know that you're going to be celebrating uh, quite a bit here as we continue on in September. So no doubt about that. And to all the September birthdays, you know we got to show much love to you as well. Happy birthday to you also. So make sure that you support Taylor Big Sports because you never know if it's your birthday, hey, I may just give you a shout-out, right? So you never know, right? <laughs> The NFL, we're going to start with the NFL because I know a lot of people are, like, just excited to have the NFL season already back in full swing. The Atlanta Falcons kick off their season this coming Sunday inside the Georgia Dome against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but we'll get into that in one moment. But at the same time, uh, how many of you watched the uh, Carolina-Denver game on Thursday night? How many of you watched it? Okay, so quite a bit. All right. Well, you know, on Friday, there's been a lot of talk about, well, you know, a lot of calls were missed or not called against Cam Newton getting hit to the head. Now, if that may have caused them to maybe lose a game because they did not get the yardage, they did not get the penalty calls, who knows? But at the same time, it was a good game down to the wire. Uh, the Broncos win 21-20, to 20, by the way, and Carolina, no winning streak for you this year. None. Now, you know, I can say that because Carolina plays in the NFC South, the same division as my Atlanta Falcons. But at the same time, it came down basically to a field goal that was missed by Graham Cano of the Carolina Panthers. He was 2-3 on the night. And uh, he missed, I believe, a 50-yard kick. If he makes that kick, of course, the Panthers win the game. So I I really feel that you really don't want to put yourself in a a position for it to come down to a field goal, regardless as if you have a situation where you can uh, get a lot of yardage, you're, you're, you're dominating or you're managing the game well. You don't really want it to come down to a kick. You really don't. You want to be able to set the tone early and be able to have a a fourth quarter that, okay, if if your opponent is scoring, you still have enough points on the board to still be able to get the win and not have it come down to a kick. You really don't. But uh, Cam Newton, he did get beat up a little bit, but he's going to get a few extra days off to recover 
because the Denver defense, they played him solid. And uh, Denver's dominant defense, they came up big against Cam and the boys of Carolina. Again, this time in the rematch of Super Bowl 50, and uh, the Broncos escaped with a 21-20 win Thursday night. And it was a 50-yard field goal that the no missed with four seconds left. The Broncos collected three sacks and hit Newton eight more times, and that was not counting the abuse he took on his 11 runs. Now, he did kind of wobble a little bit, uh, but, you know, uh, Cam is going to bounce back. He's going to bounce back. So uh, this was just a little bump in the road. But, um, you know, the Carolina Panthers, they came into Denver. They were not going to be pushed around by the Denver defense, and it really showed. And um, a moral victory, yeah, you could say that. But in wins and losses, no. The Denver defense, they wanted to shut Cam down. Cam was able to get into the end zone for a rushing touchdown and became the all-time leading rusher by a quarterback who scored more touchdowns ever, if that makes sense. So basically, he, as a quarterback, has had more rushing touchdowns than any quarterback who's ever played the game. Cam Newton, how about that? Uh, yeah, more than Michael Vick. You heard me right. He does have more than Michael Vick, uh, which is very ironic. But uh, you would think that Michael Vick would have had a lot more rushing touchdowns, but unfortunately that was not the case. Or even like guys like Steve Young, Fran Tarkenton back in the day. But, uh, yes, Cam Newton, how about that? Wow. But uh, the NFL season is off in full swing, and, uh, wow, you know, what a great way to start the season. You had a great game on Thursday night, and like I said, this coming Sunday, beside the Georgia Dome, it's going to be the Atlanta Falcons kicking off their season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in division rivalry, rivalry game. And uh, at the Georgia Dome, it should be rocking. The Dome should be the house to be the place to be in Atlanta on Sunday, and I know a lot of fans are going to be fired up for that. No doubt about that. Um, the Falcons have a lot of things they need to address. One is can they sustain on pass defense? Can they sustain a good pass rush? They signed Dwight Freeney in the offseason. Alex Mack is going to be a valuable addition on that offensive line. Can they be more aggressive? Coach Quinn has always talked about being fast and physical. So we'll see if this team can be fast against a physical Tampa Bay team. Tampa Bay, of course, you know, they are being led now by Dirk Cutter as their new head coach. He's coming for Levy Smith, who was fired at the end of last season, which was shocking because Tampa Bay has really started to, to come into their own, uh, trying to still go into their rebuilding aspect, but at the final stages of it. Jameis Winston is their leader now. And, of course, Dirk Cutter, former offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, and he hired his former boss, Mike Smith, who was the head coach here in Atlanta, to be a defensive coordinator. So a lot of things are going to be interesting as we start the season. Matt Ryan, can he regroup and become the player that he once was? Uh, he's entering the fourth season of a five-year, $103.75 million contract uh, that he received after the 2012 season. But the Falcons, get this, are only 18 and 30 since he signed that big contract. Now, Ryan is 31, and he's top 4,000 yards in five consecutive seasons, but he's coming out of a season in which he threw the second fewest touchdown passes at 21 and second most interceptions at 16 of his eight-year career. Now, of course, he knows full well what he has to do. He said that uh, he – well, actually, he said that we have to create some explosive plays – 
We're getting the ball down the field a little bit, and that will help us out. We have to be a little bit more consistent. There's no question about that. Now, this is this is his own words. Now, another thing he said recently this week is what I need to do is my job as best I can, and I worry about what everyone else thinks about where you're getting paid. This is something that comes up for every quarterback. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the outcome of games. For me, the things that are important are things that affect the outcome of games. That's what I focus on. So we're going to see. The Falcons were 8-8 eight eight last season, and um, James Winston, like I said, he's continuing to grow as a quarterback in his second season. Uh, he actually passed over 4,000 yards and had 22 touchdowns as a rookie. Now, Dirt Cutter is meshing well with Winston. So I think that this is going to be a good relationship as time goes on. Winston has two solid receivers to throw to, Mike Evans, who has 74 catches for just over 1,200 yards last season, and Vincent Jackson, who had 33 catches. But he was hurt last season, but still, they get him back. And, of course, you got a good running back in Doug Martin, who ranked second in the NFL with just over 1,400 yards rushing last season. Now, the Buccaneers acquired defensive end Robert Ayers uh, from the New York Giants and cornerback Brent Grimes, who, of course, played here in Atlanta for a few seasons, who had four interceptions with Miami last year. And uh, they're going to be uh, added to bolster defense led by defensive tackle Gerald McCoy, who had eight and a half sacks last season. Julio Jones is bothered by an ankle injury, but he's expected to be ready to go. And uh, he's coming off a season where he had 136 receptions for just under 1,900 yards and eight touchdowns. Jones' yardage was just 93 yards shy of the record held by former Detroit Lions star Calvin Johnson for most in a season. Uh, the receptions are tied for second all-time with Pittsburgh's Antonio Brown and seven shy of the mark set by Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison of the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, the Buccaneers won both meetings last season, so I'm pretty sure that the Falcons are ready to get this season going, no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, time will tell. But I think the Falcons are going to be ready come Sunday. Yes, they will be. And uh, you know that the NFL season is in full swing because Coach Dan Quinn was just ready to get to work. I was at his press conference earlier this week, and here's what he had to say about starting the season. It's such an exciting time to kind of kick off 2016 officially. Um, we've spent a bunch of time together this off season, players, the coaches, uh, building that connection, and uh, that's, I guess that's why we're all so excited to uh, to build this bond even stronger, even with our fans, and getting a chance to open up at home in front of them and uh, kind of demonstrate uh, all the things, uh, our toughness, our finish, our resiliency uh, to our own, you know, our city and our fans, we're pumped to, to do that. So uh, it's an exciting day. As we're, you know, like I said, we went through the whole offseason, put a big plan together to, you know, to start this season off, and uh, we've got a really competitive, tough roster of guys who love battling for one another and uh, I hope that clearly demonstrates itself you know on the field uh, to you guys and to the fans. I asked Coach Quinn about what he thought of his running back tandem of Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Really have a duo there and uh, knowing the different things that they do best as well um, both of them are complete backs and can play on all downs and that's why we're so fortunate. We're going to need them both. We're going to lean on them both this year. And if we can find ways to best feature them and doing the things they do, both of them catch the ball well out of the backfield. Uh, both of them are very good competitors, but you love the spirit that they have going back and forth between them. Uh, but it is a duo for sure, and uh, we're going to lean on them both hard, uh, both in the run game uh, and out of the backfield as well. And here's what Coach Quinn thinks of his team as a whole going into the season opener. 
Yeah, we're really excited. We have a uh, good, healthy roster. It was good to have the guys back. Uh, they had a few days, too, to, to you know, be off and treat. So, uh, honestly, we're just so thrilled to get rolling. Um, it's a very good group. Uh, this group has really put out for one another, uh, both in the offseason and in training camp. Uh, we added a few guys to the mix. But uh, at the end of the day, they know how hard they, they put out for one another, and that's why we're so excited to see this team and, and the city bond like uh, we know it will. All right, kickoff is at 1 o'clock on Sunday. All right, now going to college football, of course, Georgia, they come off a big come from behind win over North Carolina last Saturday inside the Georgia Dome, 33-24 to in the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. Freshman quarterback Jason Eason, he lived up to his top billing almost since the Georgia starting quarterback. The reason why I say almost is because he's now been named the starting quarterback. A lot of uh, uh, a lot was made of Jacob Eason. Will he or will he not start? Will he will he not see action? Well, of course, he pretty much was the, the spark that uh, brought them back to life when he was in the game. Uh, but he is going to get the starting nod on Saturday at 4 o'clock inside Sanford Stadium in Athens as the Bulldogs take on Nickel State for their home opener uh, coming up uh, for the 2016 season. Now, Eason is considered by many to be the number one pro-stop quarterback in this year's class. He's 6'5", 235 pounds, and he does have a strong arm, and we saw that in the game against North Carolina because he took several deep shots down the field, ended up with either receiver Isaiah McKenzie on a 17-yard touchdown and a 51-yard pass play against North Carolina. He finished the game 8 of 12, passing for 131 yards and a touchdown and no picks. Senior Grayson Lambert started against the Tar Heels and didn't make any bad mistakes, but he also didn't make any big plays either that didn't help his cause. Lambert started 12 games last year, and he finished 8 of 12 for 54 yards. So think about that, right? Uh, Nickel State uh, is going to come into this game having only won three of the 11 games last season and was shut out 47 to nothing by Louisiana Monroe and 14 to nothing by Colorado in their only outings in FB play last year. Now, get this. According to Yahoo Sports, Georgia's paying Nickel State more than $500,000 to play in Athens. Yes, they're paying them just over $500,000 to come to Athens. Uh, Nickel State does return 18 starters from a year ago, including quarterback uh, Toscani Fogaro in his entire starting defense. Fogaro was 91 of 164 passing for 925 yards with six picks last season. He also rushed for 456 yards, making him the team's leading returning rusher. Uh, Nick Chubb, you know, Nick Chubb, he basically in that game against North Carolina, he pretty much put his name into early Heisman candidacy, rushing 32 times for 222 yards against North Carolina. It was his first game back after sustaining a season-ending knee injury against Tennessee in the sixth game of the 2015 season, and it was his third 200-yard-plus game of the junior's college career. So we got to say congratulations to Nick Chubb for coming back. It looks like at full strength after the game last week. Uh, the Bulldogs had 474 yards of total offense, 289 on the ground, and held North Carolina to just 315 yards. But uh, Kirby Smart, he's looking more uh, from his team for sure in this game against uh, Nickel State. But now, UNC head coach Larry Fedora, his team will take on 
Illinois. They traveled to Champaign to go to Illinois, who's now led by Levy Smith, former NFL coach. And uh, here's what he had to say in his weekly press conference about how his teams were run defense played against Georgia and Nick Chubb. Yeah, I'd say there were probably two to three times that uh, we felt like because of the shifting and the motioning, we got out gapped. Uh, but uh, for the most part, uh, it was things that we feel like, uh, you know, that we could get corrected. I mean, we had 17 missed tackles in the game. And, and listen, I don't want to take anything away from Nick Chubb because he's a great running back. But we did have 17 missed tackles in the game. And uh, he called some of those missed tackles. And we, we just, we've got to do a better job of tackling. Even though they had a disappointing outing against Georgia, does Coach Fedora think that his run defense will get back to where he feels it should be? Well, here's what he had to say. I think so, because I, I think there were there were flashes of it in the game the other night that uh, they played really well in, against the run. And just uh, you know, we, we're going to have to tackle better, or we're or we're going to that'll be tough for us in any in any against any opponent. All right, and uh, now I did mention about how. Um, the uh, Georgia game was going to start at 4 p.m. That was incorrect. So I apologize for that. I apologize. Hey, I know I make mistakes, right? <laughs> the game would kick up at 12 noon. 12 noon. I think you can catch it on the SEC network. So uh, 12 noon for Saturday with uh, Georgia and Nickel State. So it should be a, a good game there, especially for the Bulldogs. All right, you're listening to Taylor Made Sports with yours truly, Kevin Taylor. Make sure that you reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter at KevinTaylor98. Also, you can check me out on Instagram as well, also at KevinTaylor98. Make sure that you follow me. It will be great to hear from you as well uh, through Messenger. Also on Facebook, I check my messages. So uh be good to uh, communicate with you as well, and uh, you'll see – when I go to uh, practices or football games, I post pictures and comments and things of that nature. So it uh, be good to uh, reach out to me, and I definitely will reach out to you as well. Now, Georgia Tech, they are going to be home against Mercer. Yes, it's going to be an in-state game against Mercer at 3 o'clock at Bobby Dodd Stadium. So this is going to be an interesting contest. Uh, Mercer comes into this game at 0-1, and, of course, Georgia Tech, they're coming off a – thrilling come from behind victory over Boston College last week and uh, that game was played in Ireland and uh, I know they had to be a lot of fun for the players um, you know it was good to go overseas uh, you never know what to expect but uh, uh, this game against Mercer should be another exciting game in-state game I know Mercer will be trying to come and and uh, really try to put their best forward with uh, you know trying to uh, give Georgia Tech a run for their money and why not? You know, Mercer doesn't have anything to lose. They really don't. Uh, they can really, uh, you know, kind of have Georgia Tech on their heels, so to speak. And, and they really can uh, because you never know what to expect from a team like Mercer. They, you cannot beat this team lightly. You just can't. And uh, I think uh, Paul Johnson knows that, and I think he's told his team that. I think that he's going to uh, not, I guess, overly do it with his team, but I'm pretty sure he's going to have this team ready to go. And uh, they are going to uh, run the football, and we may see some more passes. Uh, Justin Thomas, uh, you know, he passed 419 yards. Last week had a quarterback rating of 120. Um, Didrick Mills ran the ball 18 times for 68 yards, and uh, he actually had the go-ahead touchdown late in the game. 
So I think they're going to be running the football a little bit more as well as passing it more than what we've seen. So you, you've got uh, some some good uh, mixture of plays, I think, this year from Paul Johnson. So uh, Mercer comes into this game, um, you know, having uh, lost their first game of the season against the Citadel uh, only by one, though, 24-23. So, like I said, you cannot take this team lightly. And Paul Johnson, during his weekly uh, media conference call, he actually talked about that. And he talked about how he felt his team played. Let's listen. That's not the team I've seen in fall camp or spring practice. So you hope that uh, you know, part of it's the first road game, part of it's being in Ireland, part of it's being on a wet field, part of it was raining, part of it Boston College is good on defense. So there's a lot of, of things. I don't think you'll see that happen again. Uh, we, we played the same. That game was eerily like our Notre Dame game a year ago, our first road game. It was almost identical the way we played. So, you know, clearly I've got to figure out what's, what's going on, on the, when we go on the road for the first time because I didn't even recognize our team last Saturday. I, I don't think it's anything we can't fix. I was just disappointed in the way we played because we had a really, really good camp. We played really well, come off the ball, and done those things. And, you know, we reverted back, and and we're not going back. So we'll get it fixed this week. All right, now here's what Coach Johnson thinks about this week's opponent, the Mercer Bears. Well, I think Mercer has, you know, they're like everybody. Everybody's going to have some good players, and they've got a quarterback who's played a lot in football. He's, I think he's been every game they've played since they started back. He's been a starter. Uh, got good skill at wide receiver. The uh, and, you know they run around pretty good. I mean, they're your typical Southern Conference team. I think you know they'll be be a hard out. They lost the heartbreaker to Citadel last Thursday, and the Citadel beat the University of South Carolina just a year ago. So they'll be a challenge for us. Yes, indeed. I think it will be. But uh, I think Georgia Tech will rise to the occasion and should get the win. Kickoff is at 3 p.m. over at Bobby Dodd Stadium. So make sure that you're if you're in the Atlanta area or you're close by, make sure that you stop on by because I know they love to have your support. Also, uh, uh, Boston College, they will uh, return home and host their in-state rival of UMass coming up on Saturday. So uh, some good college football all around, uh, especially not only locally, but throughout the uh, whole country, as a matter of fact. So um, make sure that you uh, support your local school. And, um, you know, college football is here. And, boy, it's going to be a great season just like as well. It's Taylor May Sports with Kevin Taylor. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at KevinTaylor98. Of course, we can't leave out the Georgia State Panthers. We can't leave them out. They lost a tough one last week, last Friday, inside the Georgia Dome. Uh, Wow. That's a ball state. But uh, Georgia State, they go on the road now for a few tough games here. And it starts with Air Force. Georgia State is, of course, only one on the season. Air Force is 1-0. And uh, Georgia State, like I said, they're going to be traveling here for a couple of weeks at least. And um, this is going to be a tough game uh, that uh, the Panthers will be playing 
But, you know, can they go out? Can they show toughness? I think they can. Kickoff is at 2 o'clock. And uh, I really hope that um, Georgia State does not get blown out of this game because that this this game kind of solidifies blowout here. Um, uh, Air Force is fourth in the nation with rushing yards, and um, I I really feel that uh, if they get it going early and uh, running the football against Georgia State. Because Ball State, that's what they did. They ran the football against Georgia State, and Georgia State could not stop it. And that's where it's a concern. So if they has really improved on their run defense during the week, which I doubt, I'm just being honest, it's going to be a long day for Coach Miles and his staff. But uh, I, I think it's going to be a long day anyway for this team. Uh, he's traveling out west uh, to Colorado to face the Air Force. Um, it's going to be tough. So I've got to give a nod to your Air Force. Uh, but uh, Georgia State, I think they'll play tough. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but um, it's going to be tough nonetheless. All right, let's switch gears now to baseball. As the Braves open up a three-game series against the New York Mets at Turner Field as the season is winding down for the Braves, and so is their time at Turner Field. The Braves lose 6-4 to four to the Mets on Friday night. And uh, the Braves, they are um, playing better baseball, especially since uh, Matt Kemp has joined the team. And speaking of Matt Kemp, uh, he actually scored a run. He had a hit, and he homered in a Friday night's game. And uh, Freddie Freeman has been on a tear of late, but uh, he had a hit and scored a run in five plate appearances. But uh, this team, you can't knock them out, though. Nick Marquez is hitting fifth in the lineup. He had two RBIs. And uh, one hit and walked twice. But uh, this team is doing very well. And if you're thinking of the kid, Dansby Swanson, he had three hits in Friday's game. He's hitting over 300 now. Julio Tehran, uh, he is uh, doing fairly well since he's returned from the uh, disabled list. But uh, all in all, the Braves, they just didn't that one pitcher that can really get them over the hump. And also one extra bat that can get them also uh, some good uh, hitting as well when it's needed. So uh, I, I really feel that you know this team can do a lot better, no doubt about that. So uh, look for the Braves to still be making some moves in the um, in the off season, but they lose uh, on Friday to the New York Mets at 6-4. So uh, they will play the Mets again on uh, Saturday and Sunday, like I said, as the uh, time the Turner Field is beginning to wind down. Some other news and notes from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, uh, Ivy Albies uh, suffered a fractured elbow. He's one of the top prospects, top infield prospects for the Braves. and uh, He suffered a fractured elbow, and uh, he's going to miss uh, some, some time here. Uh, but, wow, you know, that's that's a big blow to this team because um, uh, they were looking at him as maybe being able to come up and uh, have a good tandem in the infield between him and Dansby Swanson. So uh, we're going to see how long he's going to be out. But uh, he's the consistent top prospect in baseball, and uh, he's expected to be a key piece of the Braves' future uh, coming up. But his um, fractured elbow should not really hold him back, though. But um, uh, John Sherholz actually 
tweeted on Bray's banner that he fractured the uh, bone in his elbow and uh, used blow for him. He's going to be back, so he's going to undergo surgery on his elbow next week, so look for him to be back sometime next season, no doubt about that. Uh, he actually uh, produced uh, 200, uh, average of 292 with uh, 33 doubles, 10 triples, and 30 steals, so he's got some speed, no doubt about that, and we would love to see him at the beginning at top of the lineup. So it's just a matter of setback, and that uh, could have been a lot worse, but uh, the Braves uh, should still be able to get the most out of him going into 2017, and hopefully he can continue to develop, to develop and uh, be uh, in the lineup maybe for the Braves next season, but especially by 2018, no doubt. Uh, the Braves are going to be playing the New York Yankees in the first game at SunTrust Park next season to kick off the 2017 season, March 31st. Yes, it will be right around the corner. So the Braves are getting ready for their new ballpark. As they say, adios to Turner Field coming up at the end of the year. And uh, it's going to be a spring training game, as a matter of fact. But, uh, you know, hey, if the Yankees is spring training, new stadium, you know it's going to be a sellout, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Braves formally announced the game on Thursday afternoon, and uh, it's going to be here, like I said, March 31st, and uh, the regular season will open on April 3rd. So we're going to still wait and see what the season will be like for um, uh, the, the Braves as they go into their new stadium. Actually, the first regular season game uh, will be April 13th against the San Diego Padres, and that's according to the Associated Press. Of course, the schedule will be announced later on. Uh, in the year, but uh, yeah, uh, according to the Associated Press, April 13th, uh, the San Diego Padres opened up the uh, new stadium uh, for the Braves in Cobb County, which is northwest of Atlanta. So uh, the Braves say they're getting it ready. The final home game is against the Detroit, Detroit Tigers on October 2nd. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Tailor Sports with Kevin Taylor. Again, you can reach out to me anytime on social media at Kevin Taylor 98 that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Kevin Taylor, 98. All right, have a great weekend, everyone, and also a great start to your week next week. We'll do it again in just a few days, and until then, never be discouraged, always encouraged. I'm out.